This is the Minnesota Sports Insider Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about the Wild, a couple things about uh, reviewing the, the season, um, some of the RFAs, some of the UFAs, players that could be moved or lost in expansion, additions to the Wild team for next year, potentially maybe a trade or two, or who knows, in the off season. Um, again, a great way to give this podcast some some love some recognition follow us at minnesota sports insider on twitter um you can subscribe to us just keep listening to our podcast that'd be awesome right um i will continue to cover the wild the wolves the the twins the vikings um i watch i'm a film junkie i'll say that over and over i watch 130 plus twins games a year 70 plus wild 70 plus t wolves and all of the uh Vikings games, and now we have 17 to look forward to. But today we are going to talk about the Wild. So, first thing, let's talk about the this last Wild season. And I will keep this podcast between 20 to 30 minutes long for those of you that are listening. So, um, looking back at this season, it, it's hard to say anything besides we overachieved um, as as a, as a franchise up and down. Um, you, you look at where a lot of people's expectations were before the season, um, and you looked at our roster, and you think, well, okay, who's our top center first off, right? That that was the question we, we legitimately had at the beginning of the year. And where's our center depth? How can we make a run without this lack of center that we, that we seem to need? Um, you know, who, what are our first three lines going to look at like? Um, how is our goaltending going to be after last year's horrendous um, <laughs> performance, honestly, from Dubnik? And, and, and honestly, Stalock did a good job last year or the year before, right? Um, but Dubnik was was not very good. So not a lot of expectations. I think there's a lot that that idea that we were going to try to be competing for the fourth and final spot in the West, you know, the newly designed only for one year playoffs. Um and, and, and a lot of people thought we had a chance for the fourth, you know. And I, I just don't think a lot of people truly believe that we would be in the mix for a top three seed in the West, uh, flirting with the first seed for parts of the year. So it was one heck of a season, um, from my estimation, from the Wild. Um, I have to give Billy Guerin a, an A for the season. Um, I have to give Dean Evason an A for the season. Um you know, I know the push, some pushback would be like, well, why didn't you, Dean or Billy want to play Boldy? Why didn't, why was he, why did he wait so long to play Parisi in the playoffs? And I understand those concerns and, and why, you know, why, why were we playing Rast so much? I understand those concerns. I'm with you guys. Okay. Um, but to me, that's, I, I can also see the points of why Billy Guerin didn't want to play Boldy. Like he stated in his, his exit, um, last interview with the wild um for the season he you know he doesn't want to ask a guy to figure it out and potentially stunt his growth for the future and i understand that and you know and in, in parisi he truly didn't believe that he earned time um late in the season to be on the playoff roster game one you know it's hard to argue that he was necessarily wrong we won game one and to say that most people thought i think it, it would be 
it would be reactive and not the truth, but most people were probably happy after game one. We just won a game that we got outplayed, and Captain Tablet was amazing. So I'm kind of going, I don't want to get too deep in that rabbit hole, but overall, I really thought it's Billy Billy Garen did a fantastic job at finding and, and recognizing the value of having these guys that have been there in the playoffs, won Stanley Cups, been in big games, part of great locker rooms, good culture guys, but Nino, it's a move that you that makes sense, right? Guy, he he leads by example. He might not talk a lot, but guys respect him, and uh, he's he's a natural leader in that sense. He doesn't have to do all that much out of out of character, out of uh, who he is, and people follow. And uh, another guy, you know, that was a it was just a sneaky good move at the early part of the season when we traded pattern. Um, to to the abs and we got ian cole and a lot of people are like well you know we retained some of his pattern salary and what were we doing and, and you know some people liked it at the time i i really didn't know because i i haven't watched ian cole a lot quite honestly and what we saw was a guy that was willing to put his body uh in front of the puck all year he was willing to sacrifice for the for the team he was willing to be a great communicator on the bench, on the ice, off the ice, truly a great leader, a guy that you might want to consider, and we'll talk about later, signing back um, if the price is right. Um, but those are two guys that I thought were just very good signings that you, you can't go wrong with. You can't go wrong with putting Benito on a third or fourth line role. You can't go wrong with playing Ian Cole in the third line d- d- defense when he's blocking shots left and right. You know, putting his body on the line, putting his face and teeth on the line. That's those are those are moves that really helped the culture. And I think that the Wild were missing, quite frankly. I I, I think Judd Zolgad um, says it really well from Score North that some of the moves that we made the year bef- the, the off season, ridding ourselves of of Koivu and Stahl and even the, the trade deadline before. Trading Zucker, getting that first, which now we have potentially the 25th pick in this year's draft, and Kalen Addison, who we saw late in the season. All those things were cool. And to see that that the culture has been changed, and and I and I truly think that the Parisi decision was more about culture. There's something that maybe that they didn't like um, about Parisi and, and the way he, that he maybe his leadership style. Uh, maybe it's something that they don't be, truly believe in. So... I really, again, I, I was wrap up that point. Really liked what I saw from Billy Garen and Dean Evison. There were some things that, of course, were not perfect with them, but I think that's nitpicking. I think we should be happy as a fan base with what they've they've done, and and ultimately, it's hard to argue the results. Erickson Eck just had his best year in a wild sweater. He he, including the playoffs, he had twenty one goals in about sixty games. Okay, like that's. That's something. And Fiala had 20 goals in 50 games. And that's, that's, he's building off what he really did in the back half of last season's, um, the year before when COVID happened, you know. And, and then seeing Kaprizov flourish at 29 goals in 62 games, fantastic. He's, he's up on pace for over 40 goals, um, in a standard 82 game season. So there's nothing that we can we can sit here and even Brodeen had a career high in goals. So, and you, you get 
Freddie Shabbat, the goaltender coach, new goalie coach, he come in and it looks like he he really helped uh, just kind of settle some things in. Um, and, and I liked the direction as a whole, what our coaching staff was able to do with our players. Um, and that was exciting. It's, it is a very impressive year on all accounts, what our team was able to do. Yes, we lost in game seven, you know, and, uh, but to be honest, I think the better team won. And, you know, to be honest, I think that our center depth is a, is a, you know, it's a place where we need to get better at. And I think that is something that we will get better at. And it, it and not even, I don't think we even need to make trades in the off season um, to necessarily get better there. Um, I do think that an upgrade is coming and we'll get into that. So let's get into the key RFAs, the restricted free agents that we own the rights to and that we get kind of the first chance in a sense at signing back. Um, we got Fiala, Kaprizov, Erickson Eck. As you guys know, we did lock up Ryan Hartman on a phenomenal deal in season. Another good move um, by uh, by Bill Guerin. You know, at start the year, he put up Felino. Uh, this is a three-year extension, and then, and then you go and and add Ryan Hartman for three years at one point seven million dollars, and you saw what he could do um, in the playoffs at, at at parts of it, and that's just a great value for a guy who's probably ends up being a third or fourth line, you know, winger maybe fill in center at times. It's a it's a fantastic value, but so we got Fiala Caprizov and Erickson Eck. Fiala is a guy that's probably going to demand between six to seven million a year. The term will be interesting in terms is it going to be three years? Maybe it brings him to his age twenty eight season, so he can sign another big contract, more of a bridge not a bridge deal necessarily, but a smaller deal. Um, or will he take a five or six year deal? Um, and then you might have to pay slightly more. Um, or maybe you give him that security of, of term and, and it works both ways. You never know how, to, how a player is going to, and their agent is going to, is going to do things. But Fiala just changed representatives and, or agents recently. So we'll see there. It's, it, he did change to an agent that's more well-known, carries bigger players. So, um, there's some familiarity with the agent and Bill Guerin there, um, but it will be interesting. I, I do think six or seven million is about what Fiala will get. Just to me, it'll be interesting if if he's ever if he's going to be included in trades. Um, if, if Bill Guerin thinks that's going to be okay, to, if there's a right player to trade or package Fiala with, um, and how many years are we willing to ride with Fiala? He is turning 25 in July, so we will see there. We have Kaprizov, a guy that we will 100% lock up, just in terms of of how long. Um, now he has, if you did a three-year deal, that would be the one that wouldn't make any sense if you're a wild GM or fans, you'd be like, what left wondering what is going on? Because in three years he would become a unrestricted free agent because we burned last year. And this is his last year of his entry level contract. Um, and, and, and essentially you, you, you can lose some of his rights and, in, in, in terms in three years. So I think three years is off the table. Um, the, what I'm thinking of is it makes more sense of a five or six or seven, eight year deal with the wild. Now, how much money will he be getting? It is rumored and it seems that it's more than just a rumor that it is factual because Billy Garen has talked briefly about it. Um, has not given a lot of details, but it seems that we have offered him eight years for $8 million. Now, 
um, the Kaprizov um, representation has has not accepted that, and um, there have been also rumors that if it was to be eight years, that Kaprizov uh, is looking for nine point five ish million dollars, um, and I'm not sure if Billy's going to budge on that. They'll see if they can come to an agreement. It is interesting if 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 I was or if I was Kaprizov's agent, I would honestly look to get a five-year contract between eight and nine million and then hit the market again at 29 years old and and cash in on a another five or six year contract probably you know who knows 10 plus million dollars at that time um because in five years that's when the cap is finally not going to be flat so that'd be a smart idea from his agent because that the cat would go up good tactic um, but it'll be interesting to see. I do think it'll be somewhere between five to eight years. It just will be interesting to see. Is it eight or nine million or 9.5 or what happens there? But that will be interesting to see how that plays out. I do think that the, the, the first priorities are 100% going to be Fiala, Caprizov, Evan Erickson, Eck, and then everything else aligns. Then you can figure out what you're going to do in free agency, in trades and expansion, all those things. Um, without those, Contracts, it's hard to figure out where the cap is going to be, what space you have, what moves you can have, what flexibility you are able to do. The last guy is Erickson Eck, a guy who emerged as, I will not I will not say a top-line center because I don't believe that in my heart. He's a top-line center. However, I do think he is a very good second-line center, a player that should be in the talks every year, top 10 player for Selkie, a two-way, 200-foot center who plays the right way, who plays playoff hockey, who gets those gritty goals. He works in, he can work in space a little bit, but he also works in the dirty spots, wins board battles, gets backs, plays best, the best forwards of other teams. Nathan McKinnon's been on the record saying he's one of the hardest players to play against. So all that being said, Erickson Eck did have a, an amazing year. Again, 21 goals in just over 60 games. And, uh, you know, he did it with Felino and, um, and Greenway. And, and those guys are – that was one of the best lines in hockey. Now, I, I, I would just love to see what Erickson Eck could do with a little bit more skill um, on his wings. Um, just see what that would look like. But maybe that takes away from that line and whatnot. But nonetheless, um, Erickson Eck, I do believe, will get between four to six years on a contract and I do believe is it'll be worth between 4.5 million to 6 million a year if I had to guess. So that's kind of what I'm 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 looking at for his his market. Um you look at Anthony Sorelli as a decent comparison. Sorelli got 4.5 million now his term was less. It was only 3 years. So let's say maybe Sorelli asked for a 5-year deal like I could uh, maybe Sorelli gets 5 or 5.5 instead. I do think that's a good comparison contract to look at for Eck. Uh, two-way players, Selkie-type players. They don't score a lot, but they do score 15 to 20 goals a year. They're ab- above a half a point per game type player, um, and they add a lot of value that way. So that's an interesting prospect. I do think we lock up for sure Kaprizov and Erickson Eck. Fiala is the one that if we don't, I think we put him in a trade if we find a deal to be had. Otherwise, 
I, I mean, it, it, six to seven million would not be bad by any means for a guy who seemingly is a 30 goal scorer in Kevin Fiala. Okay, so let's move on to the UFAs. Uh, we are 15 minutes in, over 15 minutes in here. Um, we have Benino, Bukesid, Cole, Johansson. Um, it'll be interesting to see if we bring one or two of those guys back. I do not believe we'll bring three or four of those guys to be sure. I do think it's going to be one or two. Um, I think Cole's an interesting one to look at because you probably or you could lose Susie or you could lose Dumbo or you could lose one of them and trying to get a trade in the offseason. So I do feel we will lose one of our defenders this year in either Susie or Dumbo. And I think Cole's a nice player to kind of put in, um, especially when you have Addison coming into the fold as a young 20-year-old defenseman. Um, I think that makes sense. Depends on the money. He is, I think he, I want to say he's 32 years old, something like that. He's, so he's an older player. He's, still, he's got some tread left in his, you know, he can still move around. He can still play, plays hard. Um I, I think Benino would be an interesting fit if 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 he can find the right money and deal for him. You know, um, that'll be interesting. Now, however, we do have roughly twenty-two million dollars available right now. That is before expansion. If they take a Carson Soucy, you open up roughly another three million dollars. If they take a a Jordan Greenway, it's about the same thing, give or take a little bit less, five hundred thousand. And if they take Dumba, it's about six million. Okay, and that's and this is again before the expansion. This is again before a potential, and we'll get to it. Parisi, some moves that could be made there. So we are looking at we could have anywhere after expansion and, and a couple guys being traded between twenty five to thirty one million dollars available. So, but after trading or signing Fiala Caprizov and Ek, if you take some basic market values, it's going to take roughly twenty million to lock those three up combined um so that leaves you with potentially you know five to ten million dollars to do left so a couple questions have to be asked do you want to sign back benino i think it makes sense to have him as a as a guy in your locker room as a third fourth line guy will bukestay take the minimum i believe the minimum seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars it could be moved up to eight hundred thousand dollars this offseason is he willing to take that i think that's the only way that we might budge um, on Bugstead, I think Cole, that makes some sense. I do think Johansson's out. So let's move that on um, to this. Uh, players that could be moved or lost in expansion. Um, okay, so I have three guys that are, are very prevalent, I think, in this talk. Susie, Greenway, and Dumbo. And, and then you could also argue Kakinen and, um, and Talbot. However, I do think that we're, we would persuade them um, to not take them with some incentive, maybe a draft pick, maybe a, a middle-tier prospect like a Hovenoff or, I don't know, a Connor Dewar. But I do think we, we have something to av- avoid losing one of our goalies, especially because it seems that we are not going to be having Philip Lindbergh around. Yes, I know we have Hunter Jones still in the AHL, but... Uh, Philip Lindbergh just is potentially going to be a free agent uh, if the Wild can't come to an agreement in the next 25 days, the, the end of June. So it'll be interesting to see um, where this goes. But Susie, Greenway, and Dumbo, that's what it comes down to expansion. Um, if, you know, I 
what's probably going to happen for Bailey Garen, he's probably going to try to make some trades uh, for Dumba and potentially Greenway. And if if he can't or doesn't feel like he's getting a fair value, um, I think he exposes these three guys. And uh, the, and I think they're going to or CL's going to have a good chance to get one of them and make their selection. But I, it will be interesting to see. There's you know there's been talk that that Seattle has wanted Susie about midway through the season. Um, I'm not sure how accurate that is. Maybe it's just playing. They're playing mind games. Who knows? But he is a cheaper guy. He did lead our team in plus minus. I believe he was a plus 23 in the regular season. And um, he's a guy that is would fill a lot of teams' second or third line role admirably. And uh, he's not going to make big mistakes. He's a stay-at-home guy. He's a six foot five guy, brings size. He might not play as physical as big as he is. But nonetheless, he is a plus guy when he's on the ice, according to the analytic world. So um, Greenway... Uh, a guy who Billy Garen challenged in the offseason of uh, you got to come to shape better, kind of had a, a hard talk with him, an honest talk, I should say. And, uh, you know, I we saw glimpses of him just playing much better. And then we also, again, saw this, the greenways that we were left wanting more, more consistency, uh, harder to play, bigger hits, more more grit. And you have to ask yourself when he comes to this next, he has one year left on his uh, bridge deal contract, is that a guy you want to lock up for four or five million a year? Potentially, that could be his market. He's a he's averaging he average over half a point per game type player this year. I think he was like sixth in the team in points. So you have to ask yourself: Is that a guy you want long term? So who knows? He could be part of a, a package in a trade. I do get a sense that that um, that Greenway or Dumbo will be gone, whether it be an expansion or in trade. I think they'll they'll lose one of those guys, Dumbo. Um, it'll be interesting. We'll see. I don't want to take on six million. How how much do they really value him as a second line center, as a good one? Um, and uh, and what you know, we've tried to trade him over the last year plus, and we haven't found value that we like. You know, he did lead our team in playoff points this year, tied with it. So it'll be it'll be very intriguing to see what value we could get for Dumba. And again, I think it'll be part of a larger package. We do have two first round picks, one Curdy. Um, thank you to the Zucker trade we got back. So we potentially do have, depending on who the final four are, it was good that Montreal advanced. So I believe now we have the 22nd, the 25th pick. So, you know, it'll, it, it will be something to look to. Other guys, Rask, he does have a new, no move clause. He only has one year left on his $4 million contract. I don't see us buying him out at this point. I mean, it's possible, but I don't know if it's it's going to happen. I, I think he could be moved. I don't think he would have to attach any asset. I think he's a guy that you could put on your third line for other teams, and they would be fine with it. I think even rebuilding teams that are looking to make sure they meet the cap minimums, um, that there are minimums that teams like the Detroit Red Wings are, almost didn't make. You can get penalized for that too. Um, so I, I, I do think Rask could be a guy that could be on the move, and Parisi. Parisi is a dude that we all know that there was some issues going on, whether it be with Billy Garrett or Dean. I'm not sure that is yet to be determined. But uh, Parisi, there's two options. I, I don't see him coming back at $7.4 million. I see Parisi being a guy that either gets bond out um, 
or gets traded and we retain the maximum 50% of his contract. So if we were to trade him, whatever team that's taking Parisi on, he uh, or we would be um, retaining $3.7 million, which is half of that contract. Um, and the other team would be taking the other half. So do we think that potentially another team would take on four years left at $3.7 million of Parisi? Perhaps, but you might have to take you might have to add either a middle tier prospect or a decent uh, draft pick, like a second or third round pick, to entice a, a team to take on that and the risk because he's 37 years old. So that is a something to look at as well with Zach Parisi. Um, however, I think worst case scenario, or last, I think last move for Billy Guerin, if he has to, if he can't find a trade partner, is he would buy him out, and it would look like this next year. He would have a cap hit of two point five million dollars. So you're thinking to yourself as a Wild fan, oh, the first year you you actually save about five million dollars against the cap that you add by just buying him out. But here comes the next three years of a seven point four million dollar cap hit a $7.4 million cap hit the following year, and then a $6.5 million cap hit the year after, followed by four years of $888,000 of cap hits for that following four years. So um, usually when you buy somebody out, it's eight years of cap hits against your salary total cap. So the first four years, I believe, is something around a $24 million cap hit. And after that, it's roughly um, like 2 to $3 million. So that first four years is where most of that money is going to be coming off the books. So that'll be interesting to see. Um, it, it, would pro- it would be obviously the best case scenario for the Wild if we could find a trade partner, maybe attach a little asset, a little sweetener to get rid of Parisi. Because if you do the math, simple math, million times four, right, is just around $15 million, okay, between $14 and $15 million, opposed to the, if you buy them out, that's going to be $24 to $25 million the first four years against the cap, plus another couple million the last four years. So you're saving $10 to to $14 million by trading him and retaining half of his salary. So... That will be, be something to look at. Um, I just don't see him working it out in Minnesota. I, I just don't see it. Um, key additions to the wild. Last part here, and I'll wrap, we'll be done with the podcast. Um, so I guess I'll, have, I'll add a little something spicy at the end. But key additions to the wild um, for next year. Uh, we have Kalen Addison, who we saw get an assist in his first playoff game. Um, and... He, you know, it was tough to say whether he did he was a big impact or not, or was he better than Susie, who went down with an injury in the playoffs. It's tough to say what happened there, but he was. I, don't, I, I didn't notice any glaring mistakes. He felt comfortable. He took a couple big hits just to get the puck cycled back to a defenseman that was open for an easy exit out of the, out of his own zone. Um, I thought some. I saw some maturity. I also saw some things where, you know, like maybe he was a little hesitant to play his offensive game. Like he normally does, um, he didn't get a chance to power play uh, or quarterback a power play. Like that's one of his best strengths. Um, the the one question remains on his offense, at least. A lot of questions about his defense, but still, but it is improving. But the offense is how effective can he effective can he be five on five? We know he's a very good player 
in the power play at every level he's played. He's been good at that. From Lethbridge to the AHL to here, he's been fantastic um, on, on on power plays. Now, can we can we see that in five on five, and what does that what does that look like? So, um, he's he's something that can he be a solid second line defender? Uh, we'll see. Um, he's got some quickness, lateral ability. He has a ten and two skating um, where he is lateral uh, cuts. Um, and into the into the ice are pretty impressive. Um, you, you think uh, maybe a less talented, slightly watered down version of Sam Gerrard, not as quick, but a, a similar stature player, similar kind of skating features, skills, um, and that and he even mentions that's a player that he likes to emulate his game after and look to. So that's something to be. In, yeah, but he also likes. He also said he likes. I think it was William Carlson. So um, we'll see how he ends up. Uh, uh, panning out, but we also have Marco Rossi. Personally, my favorite prospect in the entire wild system. Um, I, I, it's a hot bun when I say that I think he could be the Wild's best player in a few years. I know some people will get a little bit get a little bit mad when I say that. I will refrain to be to to say that on here. I will say that he will be a one of the, our best players for sure in the next few years if he's healthy. He is undersized. He is a five eight five nine center. But he plays a 200-foot game. He wins face-offs. He has skill, has skating, has the speed, has the ability to create, can drive his line up and down the ice. He's responsible. He knows where to be. His hockey IQ is there. Um, He's somebody that, to me, reminds me a lot of Braden Point. And that's a a big comparison because Braden Point's an 80-point player per year. Center for the Tampa Lightning. Undersized player, um, responsible two hundred foot player, but I do think as a comp to look at Rossi is a guy that's going to, I I believe next year slot in as a very good second line center type player if given the chance. Um, I I do think he'll be put in as a third line center to begin the year, um, out of out of camp, and I think he'll work his way up. And I do think he'll be a, a potential top five finalist for the Calder um, by the end of next year. So that'll be a, a guy that I'm extremely excited to watch. His journey's been crazy. Unfortunate with the myocarditis off of COVID. Um, fortunate that we got him. We got him in and we got him checked out. And, our, and the Wild staff did a phenomenal job. And now he's back skating for the first time in Austria, I believe, with his um, dad and some of the trainers around him. So exciting to see that. Exciting. So um, we will see how that pans out. But by all accounts, Rossi's up and going. There's no long-term damage. He's going to be just fine. Now it's a matter of getting him back into play shape, getting him back into, into onto the ice. Um, and, and ultimately, just once he gets here in September and training camp starts, uh, making sure that he gets acquainted with the players. And I'm sure the players will have his back. So uh, for the Wild fans that are like, well, our center depth, if we don't make any trades, we're screwed. Yeah, I, I see how we're not going to be maybe a contender next year by any means. Maybe we, do, we don't take that next step. But Rossi's going to fill a need, and um, he's going to be a top a, a top six center. So in terms of being a first or second line center at some point. Then you go to Matthew Boldy, a guy that a lot of guys, uh, fans, wanted on our team uh, to play at the end of the season. The playoffs, 
especially when some of our guys went down with injury because they got hurt. Um, ultimately, we, we played Kyle Rao. We ended up playing Zach Parisi instead. Um, I'm not going to argue that or talk about who's right, who's wrong, what they should have done. It's a lot of variables. But I will say that Matthew Boldy is a player that has produced in every level that he's gone to. Um, played at Boston, produced. Um, some people are like, well, he had really good line mates. He played with Alex Newhook. Uh, you know, in the, in the World Juniors, you, you know, he played with uh, he played with Cole Caulfield. So he played with a lot of good players, etc. But he goes to the AHL. He's producing over a point per game. He's all he's all of a sudden our most important player in the power play, and making plays left and right. He's he's smart. He may not be the greatest north and south skater, but again, one of those guys that can that can move in space, cut left and right, a guy that knows how to find the open man, has a good shot, um, can do a lot of good things. Um, interesting to see what he turned out to be. Some comps are like Jamie Benn. Even some comps I've seen um, are like a more skilled, better offensively offensive talent um, than like Nino Niederreiter. So I, I I don't I don't that's a I don't know if I agree with that one, but I do find some of the other comparisons uh, compelling. And Boldy's a guy who is going to be interesting. Another twenty year old prospect. All three of these guys are that has a lot to 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 grow and to work into. But lots of talent there, Boldy. I do think he's going to be a top six winger. Um, he's not a center. I've seen some people talk about that. He's he's not best he, when he started in Boston. He struggled playing center. Ended up moving to the wing. He found it, figured it out. Um, he's definitely a winger. So we'll see there. It would be nice if the Wild could get a, a right shot winger um, to help all these lefties out, or just a right shot forward for that matter, because uh, we don't have a lot of them. So that's something to look in the offseason if you're looking for guys you want to attack in free agency, uh, which is kind of bare, or in the trade market, right shot players would be helpful. Um, so you don't have to, so as a defender you're not just thinking oh I only need to guard or or cover half the ice um, since all these guys on the on, a, on the same line are left essentially so uh, the last thing I will talk about because we are getting deep into this podcast almost 34 minutes into it uh, trades for a top center I'll get through this fairly quick um, it'll be tough to see what we do um, it'll be interesting to see what Philip Denault does in Montreal um, he's a center. 27, 28 years old. The Canadians are on a roll right now, going to the the, the conference finals. I, I I get this feeling that they're ultimately going to find and sweeten up the deal for Denault. Maybe they go up to six million for him. You know, I've I've heard some rumors. Of, uh, what's Jim Benning doing with Vancouver? It's kind of a mess. Does Brock Besser want to come home? Does it make sense for the Wild? All those things. Um, you know, JT Miller. Does JT Miller really want to be there? Um, a center, 28 years old, good center for the Canucks. You know, maybe Sean Monahan uh, available. Calgary, 26-year-old center, making $6 million, two years left in his contract. You have a couple guys that that you definitely could, you know, obviously the Jack Eichel, um, you know, who knows? Uh, lots of questions there. You know, a lot of things to deal with. Billy Guerin's got to check out his neck, his culture, his attitude. How he fits, how much compensation it's going to take. Is it going to blow up our farm? Is it going to reset our team? Is it going to stunt our overall potential future growth? 
you know, I, I don't see the Eichel thing happening. Um, and I personally don't know if I want it to happen all that much. Um, but some people have their own opinions on that. That's fine. Um, another guy, some, some people have been interested in Sam Reinhart, another guy that's 25, 26 years old, a power play magician. Um, he's very creative. He's got a great shot. He's right-handed, of course. Um, so interesting to note there. You got Jake Gensel. Where are the you know Rutherford's out of there? Where are they going over in in Pittsburgh after the first round exit? They don't even have a first round pick this year, um, and and they have one of the worst farm systems in the NHL. They're gonna look to rebuild. Um, who knows? Um, but Jake Gensel is an interesting player that who know we'll see where he goes or what happens, but. Something to definitely look out for. My, some of my favorite players, maybe we could somehow get like a Thomas Hurdle or a, sorry, a Thomas Hurdle or a Logan Couture. Um, who knows? But the Wild have some options there. I do think that if the Wild don't think that they are getting a fair trade and that they're depleting their farm system or future, I think they'll roll it out. I think they'll roll out with with Rossi and Erickson Eck. And uh, potentially if they sign Benino on a cheaper contract and, and Hartman, um, I think the, and, or Sturm, I think those are guys that they're comfortable playing at center. And quite frankly, Rossi and Eck and Sturm and Hartman, Benino, are, that's an overall better, now because you're adding just Rossi, it is overall a better group of centers, especially if Rossi turns into showing that he can be a second-line center better. That's a better overall. And you add in Boldy, now you got stronger wingers overall. And, you know, maybe you, you do make a trade, but it's not for center, but it's for a winger in the offseason. So all those things being considered, I don't think Billy Guerin is looking at us. We 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 just need to get uh, desperately a center, like he said in his his exit interview. You know, he, he basically made it sound like if it makes sense, it's going to make sense. So that being said, that is my review of the wild season. We'll try to do this weekly. Again, we always talk wild twins, Timberwolves, and Vikings. Um, And hopefully you enjoy it. Bye.